Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. About a month after I graduated from college, I went to Disneyland. The student ministry I was a part of had just finished building a house in Tijuana, Mexico. And during the trip, I lost my contact lenses to the dusty Mexican desert. Suffice it to say, I could not see very well. My vision was impaired. Around lunchtime, I came upon a fruit stand that flaunted the most gorgeous bananas. It was as if these had been freshly plucked from the Garden of Eden. And so with enthusiasm, I approached the young lady working the stand. One banana, please. $4, she said, which I found a little bit steep, even for Disney, but alas, a small price to pay for perfection, or so went my thinking. And so I handed her the money and reached for a banana, only to find that the banana would not cooperate. I wanted this banana, but the banana did not want me. And so I tugged harder and harder, but all to no avail. Well, the woman working the stand, she found this very amusing. Don't you want one of these? She giggled, pointing to a less appealing assortment of bananas. No, I said, looking at her as if she were insane. Well, she said, so be it, but I don't think the bananas that you're holding are going to taste very good. And why is that? I sneered back by now, very much annoyed by her arrogance. It was then that she informed me that the banana I was holding was indeed fake and made of plastic, which to her credit, I had missed. And so I covered my tracks by doing what I suspect any aspiring minister of the Christian gospel would do in such a situation. I told her that I was legally blind, and I stormed off in anger, pretending to be deeply offended. Today, we are confronted with a reality that few of us want to see, and that we all need courage to see, namely that we are all, in a sense, blind. Blind to the truth blind to our sins and blind to the goodness of God. Today, we confess that our vision is impaired and that we do not see God or ourselves or other people accurately, but instead our tendency is to see a fake, a fake version of reality where we're the hero or the victim or maybe a member of the crowd but certainly not the guilty. And what Palm Sunday would have us see is the very thing that 
no one wants to see, namely that we have committed the crime. Because as much as I love that old hymn, were you there when they crucified my Lord? The whole point of Passion Sunday is that it wasn't a they who put the nails in his wrist, not a they who wanted Barabbas released, not a they who denied our Lord three consecutive times, but a we. Johann Hermann was a 17th century German poet. He also wrote the words to the hymn we just heard sung so beautifully. And in verse 2 of that hymn, Hermann writes, Who was the guilty? Who brought this upon thee? Alas, my treason, Jesus hath undone thee. Twas I, Lord Jesus, I it was denied thee. I crucified thee. And so my question today, can we embrace the truth in those three chilling words? I crucified thee. Not they. Twas I, Lord Jesus. I it was denied thee. I crucified thee. Now, to be really clear, I wish to take nothing away from the real historical crucifixion of Jesus Christ, because obviously, in a sense, you and I were not there when they crucified our Lord. But at the same time, the human heart will consent to sins that our hands have had no opportunity to execute. And that's why in the Palm Sunday liturgy, it is we who scream, crucify him. We who say, away with this fellow. And we who mock, he saved others. Let him save himself. The implication being that had we been there 2,000 years ago, that the story would have unfolded in exactly the same way. And so here's what I'd say our task is as we move into Holy Week as a congregation. It is to see our own duplicity, to see the way that we nailed and nail our Lord to the cross. And if only for a week, if only for one week of the year, to see the God-man himself hanging on that cross. Because I'll tell you what the temptation is. The temptation is to look past the cross and to see instead some ideal that we think the cross symbolizes or represents. To say, you know, the cross, it's really just about love. It's really all about sacrifice. It's really all about God's solidarity with suffering people. And the moment we've made that leap, notice We no longer really need the cross because our faith is now about the ideal we think the cross symbolizes. And from there, we'll even say that as Christians, we're people with a special call to embody that ideal for the rest of the world. And before you know it, how cleverly we have slipped out of that mob, forgetting that we are 
the guilty. And on Palm Sunday, we can't do that. Today, we ask God for courage to see the cross, not love, not sacrifice, not solidarity, but the God-man himself hanging on a cross. And why? Because that is what we demanded. There's an old joke about a man who walks into a psychiatrist's office claiming that he is invisible. And so the receptionist calls the doctor, says, there's a patient here and he claims to be invisible. Well, said the doctor, tell the man that I can't see him right now. The point of Passion Sunday is that when the invisible God became visible in Jesus Christ, that we did not see him. We did not love him. We did not respect him. We crucified him. And my friends, there is something about the depth of that failure that should bring us to our knees as we enter into Holy Week. Now, to be really clear, the intent of Palm Sunday is to bring us to our knees, but I don't think it's to leave us there, wallowing in our failure. For one, that is not what God desires, and two, it's not very effective and leads to a lot of focus on the self. In other words, I believe there is so much grace to be experienced today. Because the moment we descend into our failure, what is it that we see? Because we don't see condemnation. We don't see God's anger. We don't see wrath. But no, we see the depth of God's unrelenting love. In other words, the claim that had we been present 2,000 years ago, that the story would have unfolded in exactly the same way, that's not all negative. Because what it means is that Jesus' death on the cross, from God's perspective, wasn't an accident or a mistake. As we heard in today's epistle, Christ Jesus emptied himself. Christ Jesus took the form of a slave. Christ Jesus became obedient to the point of death on a cross. In other words, the author of today's drama isn't actually us, but God. And the story God is writing is one of mercy and salvation and love. And I will concede that this is a great, great mystery, that God would choose death on a cross to reconcile us to himself and to one another, and that the moment in human history where we did our absolute worst, that God somehow took this in order to give humanity God's absolute best. Forgive them, Father, Jesus said, for they don't know what they are doing. And so, yes, we have to say we committed the crime, but we didn't know what we were doing. And in those moments, even now when we crucify each other, 
or when we rob other people of the dignity that is theirs because it is God who created them, in those moments, we don't know what we are doing. Because here's the thing, even now, in those moments that we all have, those very human moments when we're filled with anger or rage or blame, And when that part of us takes over, that screams, crucify him, crucify him. God knows. God understands. God sees. God sees that this is never the full story of who we are as people made in God's image because God's vision is not impaired. And so, yes, today on Palm Sunday... We are asked to see our failure. But again, here is the good news. The love of God is not something we fall into. It is something we fail into. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. But again, the good news of the Christian gospel is that God knew exactly what he was doing. And that's open our eyes so that the whole world might see the depth of God's mercy and the riches of his grace. Amen.